Hello everybody and welcome to episode 17 of the Fetch Everyone podcast. Hang on, there's a lorry coming. I said there's a lorry coming, so I've got to speak up to make sure that XB can hear. Um, we're available on iTunes and Spotify and... Whew, okay, it's gone by now. Back to my normal volume. FetchEveryone.com is a free website for runners, bikers, swimmers and everyone else. Some websites put their best features behind the paywall. Ooh, what do you think about that, Katie? No. No. I say no. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and please visit fetcheveryone.com forward slash podcast with all your comments, questions, suggestions, whatevs. How are you doing, Katie? Are you here? I'm here. Good. Nice to see you. Yeah. Um, yeah. How are you, how are you doing, though? How am I doing? Yeah. I'm doing good. And what are you doing? <laughs> I've just come back from a swim in um, a quite scarily empty pool. There were three people in the pool when I arrived that's three not in my lane in the pool Uh, so I had the choice of three empty lanes in actual fact do you think they'd all been running the marathon they might have been running the marathon Um, I suspect there's also a lot of them that have decided that Box End uh, our open water place is is maybe more specific to their triathlon training because we have a lot of triathletes at, at my pool is there a mass migration, like, um, so they all go <laughs> flopping up the Goldington Road until they finally hit the water of Box End? Uh, oh, I would love to see that. Um, I don't think... That's basically what a triathlon is, though, isn't it? This migration of swimmers from one place to another. Something I don't know. Um, yeah, I've lost my thinking. You had a big swimming week, didn't you? I've had a big swimming week. I have had a big swimming week and a big swimming month. This month I have swum 13.3 miles, um, which is my biggest swimming month since my biggest swimming month ever. <laughs> <laughs> is the gas this on? This isn't going well, is it? <laughs> so what, since when? Since what you so, were training for the swoosh so last year? So I was year. training for the swoosh last year and I did um, sort of over 14 miles in June, I think. Um, so, um, yeah, built back up again and, uh, have got this thing in my head that I want to beat the numbers from last year in my training log. So I have my swimming and my running numbers. My running numbers in theory should be extremely easy to beat because they're very low last year, but I'm still having to go out tomorrow and do a certain number in order to beat last year's mileage. Um, but swimming, I'm, I'm managing it. I've beaten every month so far. Um, I don't think this is necessarily a good way of doing training because eventually you just break, don't you? Yeah. Um, and it's not like I'm trying to break it by miles and miles, but I am on page two of the Swimming League, which pleases me greatly. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. Right. We were just looking back, and um, we've been mentioning this to each other a couple of times recently, and how when we first started doing a bit of swimming for a sprint try that was happening locally, we went to our local pool, you know, did our sort of stretching exercises on the side, <laughs> got in and swam for the sum total of precisely seven minutes. Uh, I think I think that's probably like about six or eight lengths with some, you know, heavy breathing at either end of the pool. Nothing that would go against the pool rules, you know, like there was no petting involved. Um, but yeah, just some very bad attempts at swimming and then yeah. and then out. And I think the lifeguard probably sort of watched us get in, watched us get out again. <laughs> They've forgotten something, obviously. No. So, But the thing is, 
But the point is, is that everyone has to start somewhere. And with swimming in particular, until you get your breathing right, yeah. it seven minutes can feel like a very long time, actually. So, yeah, okay, we can laugh about it now, but it, it is somewhere to start. Um, and perhaps it would have been better if we'd stayed in a bit longer, like, you know, got our breath back and done a few more lengths, um, which I think is what normal people do. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I take it back. I shouldn't be laughing at, at ourselves, but um, yeah, we, we do laugh at ourselves we do. for it, but yeah. only because we sort of persevered with it. But and you certainly have persevered. I have. Um, your swimming this month took you nine hours or something like that. Yeah, so I think were... I spent about nine hours swimming yeah. this month. And because the lake is now open, and because I bought a season pass for the lake, um, I sort of find myself being drawn over there as as much as as possible really and i found myself this morning thinking oh i wonder what the opening hours are going to be for may because our lake changes each month through the season to sort of take into account the the weather and everything and the and the lightness in the evening so yeah it's all it's all exciting stuff to look forward to how about you sunshine how's your training been oh um (laughs) it's been pretty sporadic this week I went and did touch rugby on Tuesday, and um, yeah, I, I I got my first try. I did a try, um, which was kind of exciting. But I also, in in trying to score it, I, I obviously I haven't practiced try scoring very much in my career. Can you um, talk us through the the try? <laughs> we can do. Yeah, there was numbers out on the left, mm. um, and I was I was on the left wing, which doesn't mean that I'm fast. It means I'm the person least competent to be involved in the game. Um, so, are you sure that's true, or is yes, that your? Yes, that, that is definitely true. The, okay. the the middles and the links tend to have far more ball time and the wings do a lot of sort of just trucking up and down i hope that's um, not how the coach explained it to you because he needs to look at his coaching style <laughs> well no i, I yeah it, it was more positively put than that Good. but um yeah so if you just want to be able to be close enough to see what's happening but without having too much responsibility then it's kind of like an ideal point um the downside is that um a lot of tries get scored out, out wide so you end up being the the last person um defending so they they usually come past you when they score which can feel a bit like oh what did i do wrong but that's not really how it should be anyway i digress so um i was on the wing and um i just managed to get hold of a pass and there wasn't exactly a man to beat but he was herring towards me um and i was only a, a couple of meters from the line so i managed to get the ball down um, but in doing so, I, I landed on like a very straight right leg. So oh. the whole of my right leg kind of went up into my pelvis and my whole body went, oh, no, <laughs> that's not happening. That's not right. So I kind of, I bet I was uh, very, very graceful as I sort of crumpled over the line. Um, and uh, the guy on the opposition team held his hand out to me and, and I, I shook it. But he said, I just want the ball, mate. <laughs> so I said, you could shake my hand. I've never done that before. So, um, But yeah, the, there's sort of little um, niggles and things. So the following morning, I went out for my run and it was really quite tricky <laughs> running. With, with my whole sort of groin felt like it was something had gone wrong up there. Um, but 
it eased off a little bit and then I ran into sort of some time with the boy um, and no no school for him so it didn't really get a lot of running for the rest of the week then um, but I've been out this morning. What do you think then in terms of your your touch rugby and your running how, how is it going to work together do you think is the jury still out on that one or? Yeah I'm, I am undecided because um, even though my my sort of groin area felt a bit better, quite a lot better today. Um, I'm still feeling uh, a bit of a, a, a niggle in my thumb where I sort of caught the ball funny one time. Um, and my little finger on my right hand also had a little bit of a strange feeling to it from another little whack. So there are little niggles and things that you have to maybe sort of accept that happen every time you play, mm. if you, you know, if you just get a little bit unlucky. So, it's whether or not that's going to have an impact. And the other thing is that in the summer, they're changing to um, social games on Mondays and league on Wednesdays. I definitely don't feel ready for playing in any kind of league because, um, yeah, I'm really not sure what I'm doing just yet. Um, but also Tuesdays was good because Katie's out as well, so I don't really want to miss any time with you, Mrs. I'm not out on Tuesdays after this week anyway, am I? Yeah, I know. So. Yeah. Yeah, so um, jury's out, but um, watch this space. There's nothing happening this week, but um, I have to decide next week what I'm going to do. Um, yeah. London Marathon. So you watched this, didn't you? I, I didn't really get a lot of chance to watch it because our, our TV was taken over by Xboxing. Yeah, I, I feel really mixed about this year because um, I think I mentioned last week on the podcast that I feel really odd that we, we weren't there doing Fetchpoint and um, I think it was the right decision for us because I um, the other thing that I did this week was to finish off my level one triathlon coaching course and that was on Saturday and um, so that was preceded by a sleepless night where my brain continued the, just going over and over how to coach low skipping which believe me is an extremely easy thing to coach but my brain would not let it go um so I had a pretty sleepless night and then the day of the the level one um course we did our practicals in the morning which meant we spent about two hours doing drills and then about 15 minutes coaching drills um and then we had uh, a little bit more teaching and then some one-to-ones with the tutors and and by the time I got home I was good for nothing at all total brain shut down a bit like now um and um, and so I think it was the right decision Ian obviously wasn't around so I could have made it down there but it, it just all felt like it wasn't coming together but we had some fabulous fetchies who um took the fetch bunting and the fetch flag um and thanks so much to Rose Hip for for taking that stuff down and meeting up with um a lovely little group of fetchies who did a little a uh, little uh, fetch point. Um, I saw some pictures. It looked pretty good actually. They they had the bunting yeah. stretched across the railings and. I only mean I only mean the... little in terms of numbers of people. I don't mean little in terms of effort and amazingness because we're we're really really so grateful that you did it. Yeah, we we know how much it takes to get there and, and get there yeah. early and to be there for all that length of time, um, and leaning over the fence handing yeah. stuff out. Um, so so. Thanks to all of you, really. Um, and I have seen comments from Fetchies who were running saying how grateful they were. And um, yeah, so it, it is fantastic you did it. And I think we're going to have to have a serious think about next year because we've got a similar situation next year in terms of Ian's weekend being sort of already taken. 
Um, yeah, but I might see if I can persuade the boy into his strawberry costume for uh, a bit of an outing. So yeah. we'll, we'll watch this space. We'll have a think about all of that. So that's good. Um, and we're going to talk about London Marathon a little bit later as well, aren't we? Yes. yes. Yeah. So what we thought is um, this uh, this day of all days is the one where if you're going into work or you're meeting up with your family or friends, you are most likely to be the representative for running. So you're sort of like facing the, the questions and the comments from everybody who maybe doesn't run. And uh, so we thought we'd put together some sort of typical things that you get asked and, and our verdicts on those. So that's coming up in a bit. So following on from our podcast last week, we had some nice comments from um, from people who had listened. And um, one of the things that really seemed to capture people's imagination was this non-zero day concept that Wednesday Mouse um, did an audio contribution for us about. And um, there's even a thread now. So there's a thread uh, on the website that's talking about your non-zero days and what you're going to do. Um, and I, I do think it's a really good idea. It just gives you the motivation to keep your yourself going on the days when you don't want to do that very formal bit of training. Um, but in order to keep you going rather than stopping you in your tracks, you just do something, just a little something, a 60-second core workout or, or a walk around the park or... Yeah, or, or maybe just not having that 19th square of chocolate like I was struggling yes. with last night. So Yes, indeed, yeah. yeah. So we, we loved it as well, and that really seemed to capture people's imagination. So thank you, Wednesday Mouse. That was awesome. Yeah, and at the top of the show, um, we were talking a little bit loudly because there's a lorry coming past. There's a lorry. Oh, oh no, there's a lorry. So <laughs> I don't know why I'm screaming. XB said, I struggle with traffic noise sometimes, especially when the roads are wet. Perhaps Katie and Ian and the contributors could speak up when there's a truck hurtling around the bend. Just a thought. The good thing is, is that as we're recording, it's dry. So hopefully that's having a positive impact on your ability to hear. I'm sure it works hopefully like that. Hopefully it's making it dry where you are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I was thrilled to hear that um, my catchphrase is, is starting to spread across the world. Uh, but in fact, uh, lip gloss, I think it was her sister. I've gone a little bit blank on who it was that said it. Yeah, me too. Okay. <laughs> but Lip Gloss um, said that someone came round to her house and she, and texted, I'm here. And she heard it in Katie's voice. In my so voice. It's a pandemic, folks. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's catching up. Watch out for the merch. It's coming. Yes. It's um, not really. Well, it, it might do. It do might you, do. Do you want a bobble hat with I'm here written on it or I don't know, a pencil? Personally. <laughs> I'd really like a bobble hat with I'm here on it. Really, really bright because I think for winter swimming, perfect. So let us know, uh, fetcheveryone.com forward slash podcast. Do you want an I'm here bobble hat? Yeah. Yeah, I reckon we just need to hit some kind of minimum number to order a a, a suitable batch. And uh, yeah, I'd like that. If you ever need to indicate your presence anywhere, you could just don your hat. Obviously, there'll uh, be some kind of fetch everyone type, I don't know, font or branding, branding or something, or something yeah. on it as well. Or just a, just a, I don't know what, yeah. a je ne sais quoi. We, <laughs> oui. So let us know about that one um, and uh, we'll have a think. Because probably if we want bobble hats, we have to start thinking about them in May. 
This week I have put together a new feature on the site and it's a bit meta because it's a thing that allows you to vote for new features on the site and you can also propose them. Uh, propose you, and vote? Propose and vote for the features that you'd like to see on the site. So if you go to fetcheveryone.com forward slash feature voting and you can add a feature that you'd like to see like if you'd like to see bananas added to our logo something like that um so if i wanted to be written backwards if i wanted something and i went and proposed it and i i just send that to you do i or well no katie oh. no so you go to fetch everyone.com forward slash feature voting there's a little box and in there you say i want this that and, that, that, that. and you write it out and you do it in your best words okay. and, and you press submit and then everybody else can vote on that feature and is there a threshold a threshold to get it well if how many people need to say yes for it to be to become something that you will do well they get ordered as a result of the the votes for and the votes against you can also vote against stuff if you think oh no that's not really something that i want fetch to be spending his time on um so the list gets ordered um using a bit of fetch magic and so the, the most popular ones end up going towards the top of the list. And those are the ones that I guess I'm going to be focusing on. But uh, I will be looking at the whole list as well. And if there's stuff that I think, yeah, I think that really will work and, and maybe no one's picked it up, then perhaps I'll, I, I will pick up stuff that's lower down. So sort of democratic. <laughs> well, largely, yeah. But I mean, I've also, I, hopefully my opinion counts for something as well. So Yes, uh, yeah. of course it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course of yeah. course it does darling yeah um so do check that out and submit your votes and submit your features blah blah so the thing that i'm highlighting this week the thing that has made me smile a little bit has been runner bean's blog um because she is the ultimate fetch jedi and she uh, despite going through really quite a lot in her life at the moment when the ballot opened yesterday i think she was the first per person perpen? person that i saw who had entered the ballot and was spreading the word about it and it just made me smile very broadly i love the fact that she's given herself a really good goal for next year there's lots of people who are entering as well with this idea of running as a fetch fam which is just awesome uh, must admit i was even tempted I promised myself I'll never do another marathon, but I must admit I wavered and even opened up the link. So go and have Oof. a look at, I know. So go and have a look at Runner Bean's blog and have a think about whether you'd like to be in 2020. It's one of those anniversary years as well for London Marathon, so. Is it? Mm -hmm. um, I think it's 30. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So we did, we did 25th anniversary, mm -hmm. didn't we? We yeah. did. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I, I love that. And, and Runner Bean, you're an absolute legend and inspiration. All of those kind of hackneyed phrases, you are all of them. And more besides, you're an absolute god. So keep it up. And you're the only person I know who has a pig bird who is also awesome. Bertie <laughs> the bird. Yeah, you see the little videos on Instagram love, every now and again. Love, you must all follow Runner Bean's Insta because the Bertie videos are great. The kids don't stay Insta these days, so they say oh, the, the gram. Yes, apologies there. Stick it on the gram. Put it on the gram and on the book. Yes, and the and the Twitter or no, the tur. Put it on the tur. <laughs> I'm on the tur. Um, 
And I wanted to highlight a thread that I like. Uh, it's called the things non-runners say. And this is kind of like the main discussion piece for this week, because like I said just now, a lot of you will be heading into work and because everybody knows that you're a runner, because you turn up sweaty every now and again, you're going to get all those questions that non-runners ask. So we've collected some of our favourites and um, some advice on how to respond to those. So, Ian, I know you're a runner. Have That's you done? Right. Have you done the marathon? The marathon, you say? Yes. Now, which one are you talking about, you fool? Oh, are there others? <laughs> yes, there are others. Yes, there are lots of others. And in fact, if you go to the fetcheveryone.com race finder, mm. you'll be able to find them. There were there were sixteen other marathons happening same day within a thousand miles of London. So That's take awesome. that, you non-running fool. <laughs> We don't recommend really that you speak to your non-running friends like that because obviously what we really want to do is we want them to all join us. Yes, yeah. I mean, obviously, this uh, the way I'm talking is kind of like a the stuff that you're saying in your head, how you interpret this, and, and sort of put it into yeah. nice words that your friends will understand. Uh, we'll leave that entirely up to you. Mm. And how far is your marathon? <laughs> oh my! God. Excuse me, I'm just going to go and bang my head against the wall and then I'll be back to answer your question. <laughs> oh, same as all the others. Yes, okay. How, how do people not know this? I think it's because it, it's just one of those things that we just know this about it because we do it all the time. We talk to people about it all the time. We're on the site, blah, blah, blah. And some people who just aren't in the the world of running, they just don't. They just don't know. I mean, some people talk about a half marathon as being a marathon sometimes, don't they? They'll say, oh, I've done a marathon. Yeah, and then they'll I've start done. talking about it and you'll think, oh, I think that's actually a half marathon. Like, I don't want to bring you down. the Race for Life marathon or the... Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean... Or the Parkrun marathon. But there's there's nothing wrong with them having done those things. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that people shouldn't be yeah. pleased with, with their Proud. stuff. It's just... Yeah. We know, we know stuff. Yes. We've seen stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. So my turn to be the non-runner. It's bad for your knees. Shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> There's this is the really tricky one, isn't it? Because actually, doing weight-bearing activities is is really good for for most of us. Uh, obviously, there are going to be exceptions. And if you've been given really definite medical advice with proof of why you shouldn't be running, then obviously we're not going against that. But in general, weight-bearing exercise is actually really good for your bones. Um, there's no doubt that people get injuries from running, overuse injuries sometimes, and occasionally something might happen with the actual knee joint. Um, but quite often, proper knee injuries, like, you know, uh, and for example, I ruptured my ACL, which is a, a, a anterior cruciate ligament of the knee. I did that skiing, and it's a, you know, it actually, t I don't want to go into it because it might make some squeamish people feel a bit icky, but it takes quite a lot of force to do that, and, and running around in straight lines is, is unlikely to do that. Um, but yeah, so not, not really bad for your knees in general, as long as you're sensible and careful. Just to mention the rugby again, I think my knees have felt far worse as a result of, of the sort of yeah. uh, the lateral kind of stuff in rugby and the, yeah. the the quicker stuff and the twists and turns so yeah yeah contact sports are much more likely to to cause some pretty serious um probably needing an operation type injury yeah, yeah. 
Um, and here's another one. Someone died whilst running is often said. Um, we're not going to joke about this because it's obviously not a jokey thing. Um, but people often reference um, Jim Fix, who was one of these um, people who talked about the virtues of running and, and then ended up sadly dying. And um, we all unfortunately probably know someone or know of someone who's, who's died whilst running or who mm. was a runner and um, it just sucks. Um, I think the thing to, to remember with this one is that quite often it's either an extreme circumstance um, in, in terms of conditions and how the person was pushing themselves, maybe, but also there's a really good chance that that person had some kind of hidden underlying condition. Um, and sometimes these things come out of nowhere. It doesn't mean you shouldn't do things. And if you looked at the statistics for probably driving on any of the motorways in this country, it's probably a far riskier thing to do than to run. Um, but yeah, sadly, it does happen. And um, in often, often in the cases when it does happen, there wasn't an awful lot that could have been done to have stopped it happening, sadly. Yeah, it gets an awful lot of publicity when it happens because people like to point out the incongruity of, of it all. Um, but just think about how much joy it brings us all, really, and how yeah. how many health benefits overall it, it brings to to all of us. So um, just look after each other out there and um, and take care. So um, yeah, moving on from that one, I guess. So I've never had this one said to me, but um, apparently people do say this, which is run forest run. Yes, yeah. Who'd have thought it? I think it's. I reckon it's probably the most famous heckle that you're ever likely to get. It tends to be kids, but occasionally you get an adult, I think, who thinks that it's the funniest thing in the world to say. Mm. Um, have you had any particularly good heckle? My, a little subgenre of this one? I have to be honest, my most favourite heckle of all time, and I've I've not really been heckled while running. I feel really lucky about that. Either I just, just ignore everyone and I just don't hear it. But I was on my bike once and someone went... All right, Victoria Pendleton, like that. And I was like, yeah, get in. You can call me that if you like. I was perfectly happy. So no no problem there, even though he was obviously using it sarcastically. <laughs> I did not take it like that at all. Maybe um, you thought you were Victoria Pendleton. That's yeah. possible, I suppose. Yeah. Were you dressed as a jockey at the time? Or, uh, <laughs> a jockey? She's done jockeying now. Has she? Yeah, she's yeah, oh. done all that. She's doing all sorts. Um, yeah, I've had quite a few heckles. I've had um, the most recent one was a bloke in a white van who shouted, I'm going to bleep this by the way, what the f are you wearing? Um, <laughs> what were you wearing? I think just out of interest, just in case it was sort of valid. I think I had some sort of X socks, knee socks on at the time. Okay. Um, and my usual get up, apart from that. Okay. Um, so maybe you had a point. I don't know. It's, uh, no. Yeah. That sounds like valid running gear to me. I certainly stood out. I think on the on the the high street. Um, but yeah. <laughs> but I've also had I've had eggs thrown at me, can empty cans Jeez. thrown at me, uh, all sorts. I've had people running alongside me. Um, oh, we did have that once. I remember at running club once we ran past some kids and they decided to run with us. Um, I think they just thought, oh, look at these these old folks <laughs> out for a run we'll just you know we'll just run alongside them and annoy them 
and they didn't make it much more than like 50 meters or something and we were doing like a steady-ish run pace I suppose and yeah it was hilarious one of them kept going a bit longer than the others and we were all really encouraging and saying <laughs> nice things to them but yeah, they didn't manage it for very long I'd had it a couple of times and and they normally just sort of peel away after about 50 yards um, so uh, this one guy came up and I was expecting him to, to drop off and he just followed me for about half a mile and, and I got talking to him and he said, yeah, I do a lot of this with the, in my army training. And oh. uh, so he said, anyway, right, I'm, I'm turning back now, so I'll see you later. Uh, that would have freaked me. Harsh, actually. Well, that would have freaked me right out if, if a random bloke had started running with me. Yeah. And the other one is, so you're doing the marathon. Which charity are you running for? <laughs> It's a 10k, and uh, but no, that often comes up, doesn't it? Yes, it um, does. Yeah, as soon as people find out, they want to actually give you money for whatever charity. Um, so it, it's tempting to set up a charity for runners to to claim all these extra pounds that get offered. But um, I think it's not too bad to to have this one put at you because it means that that person is at least showing signs of, of wanting to support you yeah um if they didn't want to support you then they wouldn't be asking about like what you're fundraising for so i guess this one's pretty pretty nice really overall i think it's a nice it's one a... i think there's absolutely no harm in saying to that person actually i'm just doing it because it's there and i'm fit enough and i want to challenge myself um and i want to do it in in this time and on that particular subject one of the common commentators can i bring this in now yeah mention go for it uh one of the commentators on um london marathon yesterday um gabby said <laughs> and it really wound me up <clears throat> um hang on let me just get it right in my head the elite runners have gone off okay at this point and she said something along the lines of and the masses will be starting soon and and the masses don't care what time they do they just want to get round oof and i just thought Gabby, that's not true. Everyone, no, okay, not There'll everyone. Be a proportion of people who yes. are, will just be happy to finish it, but of course, so many people are out there trying to get a time, aren't they? They so. have their own personal target, and and a completely valid one at that. Whether it's getting sub three, getting round in six and a half, whatever, whatever your target is, it's valid, and you've given it to yourself, and you're trying to get in that time. And I was tracking, I think I had about eight or ten people on my tracker yesterday. And the one that was actually going to be my fastest, sadly had to drop out at 18 miles due to medical issues. Um, but I was tracking people and they had varying from, from just on, on, over three hours right through to really wanting to be under six and a half hours. And it was really great tracking them. A little bit worrying for the lady that um, didn't go past 25k, but yeah. So, Gabby, you need to look yeah. at that one. Yeah, listen to this podcast, Gabby. I'm sure she If is. you're not already listening to this podcast, and if you're not listening to this podcast, can someone please tell her to listen to... Yeah, you get the idea. Um, so anyway, Katie, are you still doing that jogging thing? <laughs> yeah, that's... I mean, again, I don't really mind if it's called jogging. I don't mind if it's called running. Um, I think it's nice that people... Are taking an interest in it i think sometimes yeah they are wondering you know have you have you carried on or have have you finally broken yourself um <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i mean i don't i don't really mind about the whole jogging running fun runner maybe grinds a bit but 
Yeah. Yeah. Fun runner. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I I know some people really, really dislike it being referred to as jogging. Uh, But anyway, there you go. But anyway, why do it if you haven't got a chance of winning? (laughs) Well, yeah, this is... (laughs) This is, I mean, the thing is, if everyone did it because they thought they were going to win, then... It would make for a great start, wouldn't it? (laughs) It would, but there wouldn't be that many people doing it with their... The London Marathon would be quite depleted. Yeah, I mean, look at Mo Farah yesterday. He was was being sort of touted as the possible winner. And he came in fifth, and he didn't just sort of go, oh, I've dropped off the pace now, so... I don't, Just think, not bother. don't think I'll bother now. Oh, hang on, though. I'll get a medal at the end, won't I? Yeah. yeah. And my, all that charity money I'm raising. <laughs> and Charlotte Purdue as well, she knew that in the field that she was running in, she wasn't going to win, but she tried her absolute hardest and she did an amazing time and it was really quite emotional watching her, especially in that last sort of 5K and seeing what effort she was putting in. So um, that would be my answer to anyone that ever said that to me is, is look at look at the elite field and what they're still putting into the race, even when they know they're not going to win, they're not necessarily going for that. They might be going for a PB. They might be going to qualify, which Charlotte Perdue did qualify. Yeah, it's just about trying to improve on where you currently stand, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You can only beat yourself. Oh, yes. Yes. The other thing that we quite often hear um, when people are watching footage of these mass participation races is, I could run it faster than that. Yeah, yeah. Look at them, the slow coaches. Uh, yeah, I could easily run it faster than that. Says the person sitting in the armchair. Yeah. With a box of chocolate next to them. Yeah, and I think sometimes people underestimate what it is like to be towards the back of the field. And I think for me, those people, those six, six and a half, seven hours, I think they're absolutely amazing. Um, being on your feet for all that time continuing to put in the effort when things are quietening down um yeah absolutely astounding so if i ever hear anyone saying anything like that in front of me i make sure i uh i get in especially if they're talking about the four and a half hour runners <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that was four hours 14 and 59 second runners god anybody has a go at them i'm straight in there yeah um but I guess um, the the Farahs at the the front of the field, they're all kind of home and eating Doritos by, you know, sort of 11 o'clock on the marathon morning. Um, and the people doing six and seven hours are still out at sort of 2 p.m., aren't they? So mm-hmm. it's a long old day to be out there just pushing yourself constantly. So yeah. wherever you're at, everybody out there is, is trying to go as fast as they can. I think if Mo had been back by 11, that would have been amazing because he didn't start till 10. But... Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> goals. Goals, goals indeed. <laughs> um, and the other one is, it's so boring. How do you keep going when it's so boring? I do, I, I do not get this because, firstly, I mean, I can possibly understand it on a treadmill. If, you, if you've only ever seen it on a treadmill or only tried it on a treadmill, then, yeah, you're going to get bored of, whatever window you're looking out of or whatever wall you're staring at but if you can get out into the outdoors and start doing different routes and stuff like that then there are so many different things to look at and not just that but you can also like do some sort of zen kind of stuff 
don't know quite how you do it, but it just seems to happen. You can you... do mindful thinking, can't you? You can focus on different bits of, of what you're doing and focus really solely on that, that one thing, like maybe your breathing or shoulder blades or... For me, this yeah. doesn't, it, it doesn't come about from thinking about any one particular thing, right. except perhaps this idea of that you are kind of flowing along somehow. Yes. Um, that you are, and I guess that's a kind of Zen mindfulness okay. thing, but the idea that you are just this thing in motion and that you could keep on going forever, really, is, and, and you get that little feeling. Um, if you're listening to this and this doesn't make sense, then let me know. But if you're listening to this and this does make sense, then do please back me up on this because there's just this kind of feeling of momentum that you get sometimes. And sometimes it only lasts for until you become aware of it and then it's gone again, but it's definitely there. So back me up, people. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely true. Um, I've, I've had it as well swimming. I've been swimming along and I've suddenly realised I'm just feeling everything is working and perfectly in my body. And, and then usually it's at the lake and a big fat wave smacks me in the face just to <laughs> wake me up and I have a little bit of a choke and get on with it again. Swan pecks you in the head. <laughs> I've never been pecked by a swan. Swans have a bad name and until I've been attacked by one, I refuse to believe that they are bad uh, animals. Birds... Anyway, the other thing I was going to say actually on this subject was that for the first time that I've been aware of, they had someone in the commentary box yesterday who was not so much of a serious runner. She'd run London Marathon. Um, she was called Adele. I think she might have been something to do with being a DJ or something like that. She obviously was a bit of a celebrity. Singer. I don't think it was Adele the sing singer, no. Mm. So she brought a really different perspective into the commentary box. And I wondered whether at times Steve Cram was kind of having to slightly pause, take a breath before he answered. But one of the things that she was talking about is the whole controversial issue of, of, of having music on while you run. And of course, at London, it's a closed rose race. Lots of people have music on and it's absolutely fine in that instance. Um, and I don't want to open up the whole debate of, of, of this, but um, one of the things that she was hugely surprised about, and she is someone who's run the London Marathon, she didn't realise that the elite runners were not allowed to wear headphones. And she was really surprised. And she was also kind of like, but how do they do it if they can't wear their headphones? How can they cope? without the headphones. Um, and so that was an interesting point because there was Steve Cram, Paula Radcliffe, and someone else, I forget who else was in the commentary box. And they were all sort of going, well, uh, well we, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but they all said the same thing really, that when they're out running, they want to listen to the birds, they want to be aware of what's going on. If they're in a race, obviously as an elite runner, you could be cheating. Um, so, but it was just interesting to have that perspective as well. And she clearly felt like it would be totally too boring, too difficult, and just too much of a challenge for her to be able to do a long run without her music. And our last one on the list, you'll be pleased to hear, is the people who say, oh, I could never do that. And aside from the obvious one about people dying whilst running, um, we felt that this was one of the saddest ones, that people shut themselves off from the experience that we all know and love. Um, so it's, these are the people who you really want to help out when they're talking to you over the water cooler today. Yeah, and especially if they want to do it, but feel they couldn't do it. I think that would be 
the instance where I'd be sort of bringing out my Couch to 5K uh, references or sending them a link to Couch to 5K or to beginner sessions at local clubs because a lot of the local clubs actually start their beginner sessions around this time of year. Bedford Harriers have already started their um, beginners but you know you'd be fine to join in. I think it's only been going a couple of weeks. We're also going to start a couch to sprint try um, 10 week course as well at Bedford Harriers that's going to be starting in May. So there's lots of things out there that people who think they can't do it and if they want to swim, you know, point them in the direction of adult swim classes or if they want to do kayaking or touch rugby or whatever they want to do to get active, try and encourage them and remind them that if you've done it, they can do it because there's nothing really special about any nothing of us. Nothing special about you. No, any of us. <laughs> I mean, when people say to me, oh, I could never run a marathon, I think, well, if I can do it, you can do it because... You know, 15 years ago, I was a total couch potato. I never did any exercise at all. And I've run three marathons, which I'm really proud of. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess the thing to make sure that people don't do is think, right, I'm going to go out and, and, and break myself yes. down. I'm just going to go out week one. I'm going to go training every day yeah. until eventually I'm a marathon runner. So there's just this idea of just easing into it yeah. just sort of taking things a bit at a time um yeah. couch to 5k is a really lovely safe way yeah. of getting through it so yeah. lovely and um we have one featured fetchy this week and it's we're a, a few weeks behind in, in publishing this one because uh it's not her birthday today uh, but happy birthday anyway for when you recorded this in the past and congratulations um, on your new baby grandson as well. Yeah, so here we go over to Spain for the lovely Trin. Hello, it's Trin here again. And I thought I'd do another little podcast um, because today is my birthday and I haven't <clears throat> been able to run on my birthday for six years because I've had Emmy for such a long time. But So I'm going to go out and enjoy a short little run today from home and as some of you know where I live is kind of up in the mountains so it's it's going to be a bit of a hilly run but it's nice to feel alive on your birthday when you get to well when I start to see 60 approaching on the horizon um, <clears throat> so anyway I've just got to the end of my drive and I've got a nice uh, little two mile run down to point where I turn around and then it's all uphill from there but in the distance I can see the mountains I can see Maroma mountain which was one of the first things I did when I got well I climbed that and I've since climbed it again with Paul and it's absolutely stunning blue skies little fluffy clouds mountains little white villages in the distance I'm just so lucky to be able to live out here in the sunshine and the warmth and uh, not a day goes past when I don't feel grateful for this and also to have my health back so I can run and uh, and also uh, feeling especially happy today because I've got a new baby grandson who arrived 
last night, Spanish time, and uh, little Logan. And, uh, so, um, grandmother times two, or nana. I call myself anyway. I'll, uh, carry on with this when I start the uphill. That might be quite short, as all my breath. So I've got to the top of my hill training hill. I've just stopped here for a moment because, oh my god, I wish I could, uh, wish this was like vision rather than sound because I'd love to be able to show you the, the view. Um, to, behind me I can see the village of Kamaris right up in the sky and it's the highest, reported to be the highest um, town in Andalusia. me and in the distance I can see Torre del Mar and the sea um, and it's a beautiful day, sunshine day and, uh, and I've been running along the side and there's just wild lavender growing all along the side of the road and it's absolutely beautiful which, and that will be cut down very soon because it's sadly it's a fire risk and um, where we are in Spain it's, it does get very very hot so they cut all the hedgerow down and make it very very barren but at the moment it's beautiful and I can see lots of yellow flowers and lavender and and uh, mountains and it's, it's absolutely stunning so I'm now going to run down my hill training road and then go a little bit further which is further than I've been down this hill before so obviously I've got come further back up okay so I've got to the lowest point in my little run today and this is the furthest uh, down I've run from the house and I was thinking as I was coming down what on earth was I thinking <laughs> if I could show you the hill that I've got ahead of me you would laugh um, so yeah here we go and uh, I'm not sure how much breath I'll have on the way but I might stop here and there just to give you an update okay oh my lordy so it's one little section done you know, I said I might stop to give you an update. I think that's a definite, I will do. Um, so I'm expecting Paul to come driving past soon, wondering what I'm doing, because he didn't expect me to be down here. He's been to the market today. On Tuesday, it's uh, eco-market day. And uh, we go down there and get all our, um, our eco, or what do we call it in... English, I forget the English word for it now, but ecological uh, veg anyway. And uh, so he'll be coming past me in a minute, asking me if I want a lift. And uh, we'll see how we go. Right, on to the next section. Okay, so I'm now at the bottom of my hill training road. And uh, talk to you a little bit about my, my hill training. Um, when I used to run, I tried all kinds of ways to get myself under sub four and be able to run a bit faster. And all speed work. And I went through miles and miles of agony of speed work and nothing ever worked. Until in 2005, I switched from, uh, the most bike home was. Um, I switched from speed work to hill work and in 2005 my marathon PB went down 
from 4 something to 3.57 to 3.47 to 3.40 and I got PBs at all distances so hill work definitely works for me so when I uh, was training for Barcelona Marathon I and come back from the States I decided to put some weekly uh, hill work sessions in and I'm sure that helped me get that 3.54 so my hill here I'm looking at it and uh, and I love this hill. You have to love your hill that you hill train on. It gives a positive energy to it and a positive energy to yourself. And it kind of takes some of the sting out of it. So. And it's about, I don't know, point, point 0.2 of a mile, I suppose. Uh, pretty steep. And uh, I, I have done, been doing up to, I think, five or six reps of this with a recovery down. And... Uh, yeah, so it works. Right, so on to the next section. I'll get up that hill and carry on, see how far I get. So, I made it. I'm home, walking back up our track and uh, feeling really good. Um, my lungs might argue with that, but hey. Um, and Paul still hasn't passed me, so he's obviously somewhere out somewhere trying to find me a nice big birthday cake so let's eat cake bye thanks trin i loved that piece and i especially loved your thing about loving your hill um it was really interesting actually to hear that you got the gains that you got from hill training rather than interval training uh it's something that we don't do enough of definitely in bedford and we've got a couple of places we can go to to challenge ourselves on a hill but yeah, loving loving your hill. That's a really nice concept. I like that because most of us tend to hate hills, don't we? Yeah, I got a question. Is it okay to love your hill afterwards? <laughs> Is it all right to like not really like it at that point, but then to sort of go, oh, oh love you later on? <laughs> or do you have to love it at the point? Because I think that's going to take me a bit of, bit of getting used to. Yeah, but no, I love that piece and I think it was nice to sort of um, hear the sounds around you that were going on. The wind was a bit strong in one of the bits, so that was a little bit tricky to hear, but you can't avoid that really sometimes. Um, but yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. And we just have a little update on the, on the birds. Uh, the thrushes are still with us in the garden. The robins seem to have gone. We're hoping that one of the robins uh, did fledge successfully, but one, sadly, we know did not. Um, but the thrushes are still with us. Mummy and Daddy still coming and going, taking it in turns to be in the nest with the babies and coming back and shoving worms down their gullets as well. So that's always not always nice to see. And we're hoping that this week they might fledge as well. So that's pretty much it for this week. Um, but we'd really love to hear about the sort of conversations you've had with your your non-runners at work, at home, uh, down the pub, wherever. So do leave us a comment to let us know the sort of discussions you've had. Um, but please send your audio contributions to podcast at fetcheveryone.com. We really need some for next week. We haven't got any left at the moment. So please send us some audio contributions. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and visit fetcheveryone.com forward slash podcast with those comments, questions and suggestions. And we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Cheerio.